1: Hi there, welcome to our podcast. I'm uh, always
0: interested to see where how it's going to start.
1: 148 episodes in, you just never no. know. Thank you for finishing my
0: sandwiches.
1: sandwiches. Hello and welcome to our podcast. And this week we have a very, I think, interesting episode. Some people might just skip right past this one because they're like, I don't care it at all about this process. does not apply to me whatsoever. But I think it's going to be very interesting to share However, we're not gonna get right into that yet. We got a preamble.
0: Back to the preamble, y'all.
1: For those of you who've been around Does for this a
0: while. Count, though? Because we're
1: like. We're still traveling. We're still sort of uh, traveling. Oh gosh, it is kind we're of a We're just not pramble. traveling to
0: new European countries, but we are going to basically be traveling through January. Wow.
1: Man, this it's is really. confusing, I know. I think I need to take a moment to think about this. I've taken a moment, it's still a pramble. Ooh.
0: I'm not the deciding
1: factor, but I just decided for myself.
0: I'll, I'll take your lead.
1: Ah, nice. So we are currently, this is uh, kind of fun now because we're going to basically get to talk to you not in like weeks past of what we've been doing. Right. We are currently sitting in Northern Virginia. Yes. Back in the United States.
0: You're almost real time right now.
1: Almost real time. So we flew back from... Europe. So we actually, where we last left you in last episode, we were finishing up our Switzerland time. Yes. After Switzerland, we had one week, uh, just the way that the schedule shaped out, to basically kind of like burn before moving back to the U.S.
0: We had to sort of bide our time, because there was a very particular schedule of yes. when we had to come back into the U.S., which we'll talk about in this episode, because logistics, you're going to get lots of, logistics, of logistics here. A lot of logistics in this episode. Um,
1: but the, so the reason why we actually chose to go back to Lisbon yes. um, after Switzerland was not just because we'd been there and it's comfortable and we know it but because of flight prices so as we were looking in flight time so we were we were trying to find is the shortest most affordable route to get back from europe to the u.s Mm -hmm. and lisbon funny enough like we looked at dublin we looked at a bunch of other places like it was actually the cheapest and the quickest. Which so is like,
0: sign me up. We love it, and we got to spend another week in, in the country Lisbon. we're moving to. Yeah.
1: So we just very quickly we uh, went back to Lisbon. We actually stayed in the exact same building on the exact same floor of As the
0: our first Airbnb. From didn't this even whole know trip. that when
1: we first booked it. We that was a complete We realized it.
0: We booked it and it was just a weird coincidence so i think that was a good omen
1: oh it was fantastic we got to see manuel at so fabrica full circle. coffee it really was uh, so anyway then we flew back you did a fantastic job handling the I flight i really did we'll see I how really
0: did. Y'all, we'll see how a, it goes
1: on the way overnight cuz it's, it's during the overnight. day on but the way back but this
0: was a during the day flight it was an 8 hour flight Yeah. it was the longest flight we've been on since my first terrible flight on the way over yeah but um it was, a, it was like a really cool boss level way yeah. to, boss level meaning, it felt like I was in a video game and I had just reached like a, the boss, which I could like, yeah. try to beat again, Here. having a year of practice.
1: Real quick. Uh, it's like in Breath of the Wild, Zelda, <laughs> the first one, uh, you're Link, you barely have any supplies, and you meet a savage Lionel. This is a gigantic sub-boss in this game, and it just destroys you. A sub-boss. Uh, and that was you on the first flight over. That the Savage like, Lionel just, you had no Lionel weapons. You had nothing. You were just devastated. I was just a
0: little baby Link.
1: Ten, mo- ten months later, you oh, have wow. every sword, so every equipped. bow and arrow. You see a Savage Lionel, I mean, especially the silver ones because they're the weakest. <laughs> and you just like, it's like nothing. You can parry. You can you know, switch weapons at all times. You're doing jumping arrows, slow motion shots in headshots. So you're really getting the most damage possible. That Savage Lionel can't handle you. For you Breath of the Wild fans... All of you sitting at home who play Breath of the Wild, the three of you are going to be like, like, "Yes, "Yes, I get this." Everyone else listening is like, "What are you talking about?" What are the
0: words you're saying?
1: We made it back. Uh, I will, like I said, I'm very curious to see how the flight back to Europe goes because that you have to do overnight. I checked on you every 12 minutes visually of our (laughs) flight from Lisbon to. Uh, DC, we ended up in Dulles. And every twelve minutes I looked over and I would just kinda see like is she having a panic attack? Is she dying? <laughs> is she needing to go to the bathroom? And she's okay. Like, hey. You did such a great job.
0: Thank you. I uh, felt oh, also, really powerful.
1: I'm gonna throw you under the bus. Oh no! My wife smuggled.
0: Don't, don't. <laughs> This is a real scary thing that I did.
1: <laughs> Which isn't scary whatsoever. It's not scary at all. Uh, so right before we are about to get on the flight, Caroline's like, I think I might grab just like a little wine from this a shop.
0: This isn't right before. Let me be yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah, This is, we've just made it past the like customs. It's a
1: great idea for for people who have flight anxiety, just to take the edge off, it's a great idea.
0: Yeah. You know, I have found yeah. that one quick glass of wine like right before, right before you board yeah. is a clutch move for it's me. A,
1: it's a great move if alcohol is a thing that you consume and you're okay with it. Exactly
0: and so it works for me and so I found I I found a little thing where you can just literally grab one of those single serving red wines from a cooler I paid for it boom for whatever reason, this flight decided to immediately start boarding. I we thought were, we, had we were like at a, the
1: gate an hour before. Oh, an hour
0: before. Yeah. So w- anyway, so I don't have time to even drink it, no. y'all. And so I go, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> and so I put it, I smuggle it in my backpack. And then I'm like, oh, no. And then I, I remember that specifically they tell you, you cannot bring like your own alcohol onto the plane and drink it. Like yeah. if you buy something at duty free, they have to, there's a Other whole thing? process. Yeah. And so you all know I am such a rule follower that I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, some this type, is going to be, deport, I'm like an, be an air marshal yep, is yep. going to, you're gonna end up in the back. The seat yep. and, and find me. But then secretly I'm like, Jason, what do I do? I'm like, maybe there's a way that I can drink it while we're just taxiing. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's definitely a recipe for that's getting caught. That's definitely like
1: the worst thing you could do. Yeah. I
0: also, we sat on a bus to get to the plane jet thing for probably 45 minutes. And definitely
1: could have had it there.
0: Definitely could have had it there. You imagine me though on the bus and it's like 10 <laughs> minutes. I'm like, certainly we're about to start going. I'm like, do I have it now? Do I have it now? And then I'm like, no, because then people are going to be looking at me and then yeah. we're about to leave. That goes by for 45 minutes. Yeah. I still have this smuggled wine <laughs> in my backpack. I get on the plane. I think some type of alarm is going to go yeah, off. It's just It's like a scanner, a a wine scanner. I get to my seat. I'm like, they haven't caught me yet. I'm like, what do I do? Yeah. I'm like, and then, so of course I don't have it while we're sitting on the jet. Because again, a recipe to be caught. And
1: then you put your bag up. So then you forget about it. And
0: I forget about it. forget it exists. Then we're in the air. Then they pour me wine. Yeah. Then I think to myself, should I get my wine down and just pour it into my glass? No one would ever know, except for someone could catch me. Yeah. The point Pat, is Patty would
1: get an immediate phone call. Oh,
0: then so I don't Patty's drink it. Mom. Okay. Yeah. I don't drink it yeah. at all. Because then also at that point I'm drinking Plain wine. Plain wine. You got great so plain wine. It's, it's fine. Yeah. So I get we land, after eight hours we land, and we have to go through customs. Thankfully we had global entries, so that was Did really you
1: remember f- it was in your bag?
0: I did once. I saw an authority figure <laughs> and knew that they were gonna. Some customs well, they don't, agent. They don't check your
1: bags. Okay, so I yeah. don't know
0: what type of scanning devices they have. Okay. <laughs> Again, but anyway, I but just. I hope you can picture me smuggling this wine across international <laughs> waters. <laughs> <laughs> into the u.s
1: and just as a reminder this is a travel size <laughs> bottle of wine it's tiny it's literally one glass my, of my wine in the bottle. Part
0: is i do forget about it at that yes. point we go stay at your grandparents house for a week i'm unpacking my things in uh, very limited quarters yeah and i see the wine and i'm like oh my god i remember it existed i put it on the side table and i'm like if his grandparents come in to like do something they're gonna be like is Why? your wife smuggling yeah. wine in her backpack the whole time, I just keep it there. Then I don't know what to do with it, so I pack, I repack it. When we come to this Airbnb, the wine makes it from a kiosk in, a, in the Lisbon Airport yeah. to here in Alexandria, Virginia. Yeah. And I keep it in the fridge for five days, and finally I go... I should have that wine. Yeah. I pour it. I take a sip of it. It's terrible. <laughs> I throw it out.
1: <laughs> that poor bottle of wine really went through the ringer to not even get enjoyed. At least it got opened though. Oh, I feel like that bottle of wine was just happy like, "Woo! I made it. I got opened. Fantastic." So, I hope you what don't mind saga. me bringing that up because I, I it wasn't our having and that was hilarious. Uh, so as Caroline mentioned, when we landed in the US, we stayed with my grandparents for a week, and that was part of like coming back here, seeing family, seeing friends. It's really great to stay with family, but as we talk about often, if you ever heard us say it, it's really great to have stayed with family, and I think many of you can resonate with this, and I think even our family would resonate with this as well. Like They're sad to see us leave, but they're also glad to see us leave because... We're all just very particular humans out here. Yeah. And so when you stay at someone's house, you get your own way of doing things. They have their own way of doing things. And one of the cutest things, though, besides the fact, just like the adorableness of my grandparents who are nearing 80 years old, and they just have a house full of things. But my my grandfather knows that I'm into coffee. And yeah. I've been keeping this daily journal throughout the entire year of travel, and they read it, like, every single day. They look forward to it, which is amazing, and it's why I write it. But they know that coffee is like such an experience for us. So when we show up, there is a cute Chemex waiting for us on the counter. Mm-hmm. And so, for those of you who don't know what a Chemex is, it's this glass coffee pour over device. It's, it's very nice. And it was a very nice gesture. But the thing about a Chemex is you, you can't just like throw coffee, coffee into it. it. So they, he did buy filters, which was great. But there's no scale. There was also no coffee. And you have to grind coffee for Chemex different than you do for AeroPress and whatever. So, anyway. And the
0: key missing ingredient was no kettle.
1: No kettle. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I forgot because that's,
0: that's actually a key thing. That's I'm like, a, you actually yeah. don't need a scale. You actually don't need. You do need coffee. You do need
1: filters and you can f- kind of figure it out. You need hot but water. You do need hot water. And I asked my grandmother, uh, who has a kitchen full of things. You all have grandmothers. You know what this is like. I'm like, grandma, you don't have a kettle. She's like, no. I'm like, you don't ever drink tea. She's like, no. I'm like, what do you heat up hot water? And she's like a little Pyrex thing. Like well, I'm not gonna pour, you can't do pour over coffee with a Pyrex pouring device. So the next morning, I get up, I'm I couldn't sleep anyway. I'm up at six thirty. I'm scouring the local coffee shops. I find one that looks like it has an electric kettle in store because like Target and other places weren't going to be open for hours. And I was like, well, let me just go to a coffee shop. So I go there, I buy a kettle. And I swear I'm the only person who's ever bought a kettle off the shelf in the coffee shop. <laughs> uh, like
0: we've been waiting for exactly. You.
1: <laughs> uh, so I bring it home, and then I also ordered a scale online, and like that showed up like a day or two later. And so now, what's great about if you go to Arlington, Virginia, and you swing by my grandparents' house, my grandfather can pour and make you a Chemex well, pour-over coffee with everything. That
0: was the cutest part. Is yeah. you started accumulating this little setup now to go along with the Chemex, and then you've got to teach him how to do it. Yeah, and he is one of my favorite things about your grandpa is he's very curious and yeah. he loves like learning things. Yeah. And so it was very cute watching you give a tutorial, a coffee tutorial. So I don't know, who knows how often he'll use it. Well, but I, I think really, he will. I
1: like, so we're, I'm about to make the first cup and he's like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to really notice the difference between this and like my Nespresso that I drink or like the Starbucks that I drink all the time. He's like, I like those Starbucks beans. And I'm like, okay, first of all, stop it. Second <laughs> of all, I think you'll be able to tell the difference. And so he takes his first sip and he's like, yeah, that's delicious. And it that's different. Delicious. And he's like, I don't even need any like sweetener or you've cream. Con- and I'm like, yeah, exactly. You've
0: converted me for uh,
1: sure. So anyway, we spent a good week in D.C. We did a whole bunch of visa stuff, which we'll get to. And then we moved over to Alexandria, which is just down the road in northern Virginia. We're staying in Old Town, which those of you I've who know the area. I've never
0: been to Old Town, Alexandria. It is very cute.
1: It, it very much does remind us of like a small European town where everything's yes. walkable. There's lots of little cafes, Lots of little shops. Uh, it, it's very, very lovely. A lot of brick buildings. And
0: then, of course, it's fall, so it's just all oh. the beautiful leaves. All
1: the things. There, so was, yeah. a,
0: there was a dog trick-or-treating event well, yesterday. Well, because as of recording
1: this, it's Halloween. It's and Halloween so, as we're yeah. recording
0: this. And so they were out on the streets, and I just got to look at a bunch of doggos with their costumes. When and you came just... back,
1: because I didn't go with you, I was like, please give me your top three. And you and definitely had a top two, which was one was the spider dog.
0: Yeah, had the, like, spider they legs. Had, yeah, the tiny dog, and just these massive spider legs <laughs> on both sides, and like definitely was too big, but it was very great and not practical because people had to like completely walk around just the dog. It doesn't matter. And then the other one, which you've definitely seen before, but it was just a tiny dog. I think it was a corgi actually. Oh, I think was I it? Oh, that. wow. I think that's right. It was great. a corgi. And it was one of those that has the horse with the cowboy on, on top. On top, yeah. But the cowboy's like kind like, of like flopping around flopping around yeah. like a bucking bronco. And, man, that just made me happy.
1: So, yeah, we, we've been in D.C. for now almost two weeks, a uh, week and a half. And we've been able to enjoy a lot of the conveniences. Uh, we went to a Chipotle. We went to a Jenny's ice cream. Man. We got to go to some shopping places to stock up on toiletries and things that we haven't been able to buy. got my deodorant, which
0: I cannot find in Europe. <laughs> it's just a solid – it's the clear, solid deodorant. But – they love their rollers over there. They really I, I do. I cannot get behind it. I'm sorry. I
1: know we are going to bring back a suitcase full of deodorant, uh, which <laughs> is going to raise some red flags, just like that wine you tried to smuggle in. Don't this tell lady them. on your like flag yes. list. Like for me, it's like Smuggled. might do illegal things. For you, it's like smuggles, smuggles in wine, wine and deodorant. deodorant.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's our time in D.C. And then next week we'll chat with you and give you a recap of our next stop because we're actually leaving tomorrow to go to another place. And And then the the
0: whole point of why we're in this area specifically is what we're going to talk about on this episode, which is we had to come back to submit our visa application so that we would be legal residents of Portugal. And we're going to walk you through that entire process in case you've ever, well, first of all, if you've never done any research into what does it take to become a legal resident of another country, specifically Portugal, um, we're going to take you through the whole process if you're just curious about what that's been like.
1: Yeah. And I think for many of you, because we've heard this a lot you might think, why couldn't you have just gone to the embassy in Portugal to do this? And that's a great question. You can, however, the timelines are drastically longer. And right. the biggest thing is getting your FBI background check done, which we'll talk more about later on.
0: Which you have to do by submitting your fingerprints.
1: And you can do it at an embassy in Portugal, but the, we talked to a lawyer and they said it takes like three to four months to well, get the results it, back. It makes
0: sense, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're having to submit things from your home country. Yeah. And so the processing time is like, it's just easier if you're submitting that in the Home and it
1: was incredibly easy. It was very easy.
0: So let's just like start at the top. Let's Jason. do it. Yeah. Um, this, I want to do a quick disclaimer. Let's do it. Because I do not want to. Oh be my gosh. Hold on.
1: Sorry. Good. I'm so sorry. I'm, oh so, sorry. I'm so sorry. What? I'm so sorry. I can't forget. I can't forget. Back to the Pram Bell. Final. Uh, this is the epilogue of the Pram We go to breakfast with my grandparents. That's it's right. worth it. It's worth
0: it. I know. It. I understand.
1: We go to breakfast with my grandparents and uh, we find this cute little restaurant and we sit down. And on the menu, the first thing that I see is cinnamon roll.
0: As As big big as as your your head. head. And if that doesn't say America, I do not know what does. (laughs) And
1: if that doesn't say Jason needs to order this, I don't know what does. That's right. I ordered it. It was, in fact, as big as my head. It was, in fact, I think the best cinnamon roll Y'all, i've ever had in my it was, life
0: it was delicious i
1: think i think i could have had it the size of a quarter of it it didn't need to be as big as my head Definitely but not. i got to eat it for like three days after that because i was not gonna eat it all in one sitting but uh portion sizes in america wow but for all the cinnamon rollers and i'm so sorry i know some of you have been emailing in lately and saying like yeah. oh i'm a cinnamon roller. please up the tally lowler, I- i'm so sorry to tell you you can't
0: get rid of us but we it's still like, we exist listen
1: uh, when an election happens, you can't just come back and be like, oh, I want to add my vote and change who it is. You're like, that's not how this works. Unfortunately, we got elected, the cinnamon rollers, and that's who we are. So anyway, cinnamon rolls, wow. big your head, had to bring that in.
0: Smart of you to use democracy as an argument <laughs> because you're right.
1: Yes. Uh, okay, I'm so sorry I had to bring in that Pramvel part into your disclaimer. Okay. But back to your disclaimer. I'm so sorry.
0: That is okay. Yeah. Um. The disclaimer that I want to give before we get into the nitty gritty of what it was like to submit this visa application is that I, in no way, shape, or form, would like to be an authority figure on any type of uh, visa rules or regulations. All of this information changes all the time. Yeah. So definitely use us as sort of like a dip your toe in, but like do your own research and if this, you too want to. This is so what,
1: what we did throughout this process too was we read so many people's different like experiences different, and yes. and things and like. It was different between them. Also, the timelines were very different. So, yeah, I think this is just like if you're especially applying to this specific uh, visa in Portugal, use this as one data point yeah. to then go off of don't yeah, use as the only you, one.
0: We heard lots of different things. And also, we're in this Facebook group of people submitting their applications. And, like, it is all over the map. It
1: really is. Also, this is not financial advice. Please don't invest any of your money without any knowledge of your, you know, accounting firm <laughs> and, like, all those
0: um, So let's get into it. Um, yes. First and foremost, I, I'll i be the first one to admit that I had never, because obviously I didn't know I was ever going to move countries in my lifetime, yeah. I didn't even know anything having to do with visas. Right. I probably very, like, well, ignorantly thought that it was just you could move anywhere.
1: And w- we are ignorant because we're from the U.S. and our passport is very powerful. Our passport right. allows us to do a lot of things around the world And so that I just many thought, people's passports don't.
0: Exactly. And yeah. so I just thought, yeah, we can move to Ireland. We can move yeah. to... Portugal, we could move to Switzerland, <laughs> and as it turns out, no, no, no,
1: not quite. No, no, no. I mean, you, you could, you, you just could. couldn't leave, you yeah. just would have to stay everywhere, with your money.
0: Everywhere is different rules, yeah. so if you were like me and you didn't know very much, I'm happy to die on the sword and sure let you know that.
1: Good, bring your Breath of the Wild back. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> that savage Lionel, yeah, the Lionel. I yeah. can't
0: remember the words, yeah. the Lionel. Um, but. The speci- let's talk about the specific visa yes. that we so we did some research on visas in Portugal and thankfully you know we've known people who have moved and so that's what kind of gave us the idea of what the visas are yep. but um there's Portugal has a whole slew of different visas that you can sign up for they for really different do. reasons you know yep. you can do like a, you're a student visa you're on this type of thing
1: retirement like all kinds yeah. of things. yeah so yep. for
0: us the visa that we specifically applied for is called the D7 long stay visa and it's specifically for people who are either retiring yep. or you have personal income yep. like you have remote personal income yep. and so meaning that you're not going to be taking any jobs yep. so you're not going to get a job when you go to Portugal you have some income source whether you're living off of investments or whatever that is and so for us because we have only online businesses we definitely fit into that category so that's what allows us to do that um I think two others that you might hear about are the Golden Visa. Mm-hmm. Do you want to explain that a little sure. bit?
1: Sure. So the Golden Visa is a program that actually a bunch of countries in Europe have adopted and maybe other parts of the world as well where essentially you're injecting money into the economy and then they're going to give you residency or a visa for that money that you injected. So for Portugal specifically it started out with like a $250,000 investment into a residential home in certain areas because they wanted to build up infrastructure and economies.
0: So you're buying a house. So
1: you buy a house and then they would give you a visa for buying it. That's what's called the golden visa Mm -hmm. that has since it changes every year because they get so many people buying them that then the price goes up and then areas shut down so like the whole southern part of Portugal is called the Algarve which is a very attractive part for people to move to especially folks in like the UK but that golden visa program has basically stopped and you have to be way inland to get any kind of golden visa opportunity Um, and a lot of people are kind of hinting at that eventually the golden visas just going to go away completely for residential yeah. because there's enough resident like five billion dollars in residential economic growth has happened from this program That's why
0: you see a ton of new construction exactly in the so
1: they but they are still doing it like you can actually still do it for commercial so like if you were a person mm-hmm. who had um i don't know like a photography studio or like you're very like upscale photography studio and you wanted to buy a building for three hundred thousand. Euros to invest to make this like huge photography warehouse. I don't know what you're. That would doing.
0: be a bad business move. Just so you're. Aware. <laughs> I mean,
1: it depends on what you're doing. You know, like you may have some really cool thing you're doing, but like that could still work because yeah. could still do it. So anyway, the Golden Visa is very much, and it's also you can start a company you can invest in companies but that's a lot more money that you have Mm to do so when you hear the hear the term golden visa just think i'm putting a lot of money into the economy we don't have a lot of money to put in the economy so we had to go the d7 route
0: and then finally they just came out with i think a new visa which we haven't done a ton of research on but it is sort of like a digital nomad visa so obviously they're picking up on this whole move to remote work But the last I checked, I think it's only a one-year residence permit. That's all it is, yeah. And so it's not a
1: path to citizenship. It's
0: not a path to citizenship. So for right, hence the nomad part of it. Like if you just want to be in a country for a year and then you want to move on. But for us, for the D seven visa, another reason why it's so attractive is because the way that it works is if you get approved, you well first you basically it's like a temporary thing for four months, and when you get to Portugal, you have to have an appointment where they sort of like. Their, so governmental, the seal-
1: yeah, their governmental agency says, come in, we review your paperwork that you submitted. Make
0: sure you're good. Make sure you're a
1: person. And then
0: when you do that, you basically get a two-year residence permit. And so we could stay there for two years. After the two years, you do another appointment where you can renew for another three years. Yep. And so at the end of that second renewal, it will have been five years. And that's when you can start the path to apply for citizenship. And so we have what we like about that is we have the flexibility where it's like maybe we only want to be there for one or two years, or if we really really love it, like maybe we're there until we become citizens. Yeah, I don't know.
1: and th- and that's kind of like I think one of the goals of this Dual is, citizens, I should say, is is that. By the end, well, first of all, if we get approved for the visa, we get approved for the appointment in Portugal, which most people do, the second part, if you get approved for the first part, Um, you can travel anywhere in Europe unencumbered. You don't have any limitation of time because essentially you have like a temporary European Passport is what that gives you. So it's really great because you know for us this year we've had to only be in places for 90 days out of 180 days. That goes away completely. You don't. So like we could live in Switzerland for three months if we wanted to. We'd lose all our money because it's so expensive, but Mm. we could. and then the great part is, is at the end of the five years, like you said, we take a citizenship test where you have to like understand the basic language of Portuguese and be able to speak it. You have to, like, all these other things. I love tests. You love a test. I hate tests. <laughs> I will fail for sure. And then they give you a Portuguese passport, an EU passport. So then we would literally hold passports for the two countries, essentially. And if we have kids, which is the plan, we think, based on some recent information we've seen, that... If we've stayed in Portugal for a year and we've applied for visas, our kids will like have citizenship in Portugal when they're born. They don't have to do anything, yeah, which I is kind of cool. Yeah, have to do cool.
0: some follow-up research on that. But, but what do. a
1: cool thing as a kid to have dual citizenship when you're born. You can go to Europe. You can go to the U.S. That's amazing. That's yeah. a really cool thing. So, <laughs> they better thank us. Yeah, ahead of time. Be do babies thank their parents for things? <laughs> <laughs> I hear they do it via poop.
0: <laughs> yeah. One poop people it's. Okay. A, it's called gratitude poop try so it. So,
1: that should wrap up the what is the visa, what types are there? It's the D7, that's what we're going for to a path to citizenship in 5 years.
0: Yes. Um so now let's talk about the process. So, we knew that the, that was an idea and then we've done the episodes previously about the scouting trip, but I just want to catch folks up if they don't know about that. Sure. So, Jason had this idea that he might want to move to Portugal. and uh, Well, I
1: just wanted to move to Europe, but I Portugal know. was number one on the list because it was the one that where I've heard other people move to.
0: And because of the visa, which exactly. we just went over. So we planned this scouting trip in August of this year. And I would highly recommend, if you were thinking of moving to a different country, yes. do a scouting trip because you really want to know what does it feel like when I there, what areas. We even did this when we were moving to California yeah. from Florida. We flew out and did a scouting trip to look at neighborhoods that we wanted to Potentially live in, and so it it's really helpful. So in August we had this plan to do basically one week in what's called the Silver Coast, which is kind of the western coast north of Lisbon, and then a week to do the Algarve, which Jason said is kind of the southern coast. And after the first week, we found this area. We did not go there thinking we were going to sign a lease. No, at all. In fact,
1: I I as the person who's very impatient and just wants to get things done and be done with it, I was very much going into it like. I don't even know if I'm gonna like these places. I just am curious to see what it's like.
0: Yeah, and the way that I thought it would work is we would go. If we did find an area that we liked, that would that would put us over the edge in terms of knowing that we wanted to move to Portugal. We would figure out the visa stuff. Then we would figure out where we wanted to like actually sign a lease. However, that took a turn when we found our perfect rental place. Like, yeah. When I say perfect for us, it is perfect for us. And
1: I think we talked about this in the when we were. T- doing some episodes when we were in Portugal in the Pram But just to reiterate, there was this moment where we we did the scouting, we looked at a place, we found this perfect rental, and we were sitting in the, in the car, and we were basically just going, what more would we want in life? Exactly. Like, at this point in our lives... This is absolutely fantastic. And I think that as the human existence goes, you can always be looking for like, yeah, but like this could be better or this could be better. Yeah, because
0: when I say it's perfect for us, I don't mean it's perfect. I mean, there's plenty of things that we would, in our dream of dreams, change or whatever. But Like it, it doesn't
1: have a trampoline. Oh my God. You know?
0: And we really need a trampoline.
1: I need, I have two fake ACLs I need to tear through. No,
0: but I mean like there are plenty of things about it that are not ideal. Yeah. But... What I mean by it's perfect for us is recognizing, like, what is better than you could ever imagine, recognizing that no place is going to be perfect. Exactly. And so once we realized that, to, to Jason's point, he was like, well, first of all, why don't we cancel the second half of our trip? So we, we didn't even look at the Algarve. Yeah. And this was kind of like a enough moment for us yeah. of saying, like, this place is enough. We don't need to go looking for something else to compare it to. And um, instead, what we did was we used that second week to actually stay in the neighborhood um, that we found the rental in. They had, like, short-term rentals. So <laughs> the scouting trip was like, find the areas, make sure you like it. And then this was almost like a scouting trip within a scouting trip where it was like, what does it actually feel like to live in this neighborhood? And we absolutely loved it. Yeah. And, and so we, so then we were sort of <laughs> like, oh, no, do we sign a lease?
1: Yeah, and this was this was kind of scary because – At this point, it's August. It's not now when we've submitted our visa paperwork. It's we haven't even started that process yet. Now, granted, we we did have some things that were on our side where there's a lot of people that we have seen in, like, the Facebook groups and things that have been approved for the visa who are very much in our similar circumstance. It's
0: kind of the way – it's not like – arbitrary where they're choosing like oh you're denied you're approved it's like if you have these components exactly you'll be fine and
1: truthfully if we're just being totally honest they just want to know that you're not going to be a burden on the economy exactly so they want to know you have enough money saved up that you can last i think it's like a year or two of their minimum wage which by the way is like nine thousand dollars a year so it's not a ton but it's it's a good amount of money to have yeah yeah um so (laughs) we decide to sign the rental agreement We don't have visas yet. We don't even have applications submitted, but we just had a conversation of, okay, what's the worst thing that would happen if we didn't get visas? So our our travel visa that we have being U.S. citizens grants us three months out of six months, so we could basically live in our place for three months. Then for another three months, we would have to be outside of the Schengen region, so we would maybe live in Ireland
0: for Mm -hmm, three months. mm -hmm.
1: Like, I know that would be a lot logistically, but we just talked it through, and we're like, it wouldn't be terrible.
0: Yeah, for us, the risk—the risk benefit wasn't like the risk was not as great as it seemed at first.
1: Especially going off of ten months of full time travel in like twelve different countries and all these different places. I'm like I could if definitely we just stay
0: in a place in three months. And one move.
1: year for like three months, you know, kind We're of nomadic, chopped up yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So
0: and then also what did convince me as well is when you submit the visa application, they actually want to see that you have accommodations for twelve months.
1: It's not even want; it's have to.
0: Well, yeah. yeah, you can, there's some wiggle room in terms of like showing a couple of long stay Airbnbs and things. But yeah, one of their requirements is show us that you have accommodations for 12 months. And so I thought to myself, well, that's, done, you yeah. know? And so that was kind of the thing that kicked it off. So, and the rental agreement started in November, Yes, and, which is something that we negotiated. We said, can you start, because we were looking at it in August, we signed, but, but started in November. Great. So that's when kind of things then get kicked off, right? Because yeah. now we've found a place, we know we want to move. Now we have to go through the process of <laughs> making it happen. Yeah.
1: So the next step in the process is really the first step Maybe even, you know, before signing a rental agreement, I think, yeah. uh, which would yeah, be... Yeah, because they
0: said you can't actually sign the rental agreement until you, have, until you have your what's called your NIF.
1: Yes, so you need to get a NIF, which is N-I-F, which I don't remember what the actual acronym stands for, but it's essentially like your taxpayer number. So, uh, you know, for U.S. folks, it would be like your Social Security number, but only for tax purposes, not necessarily for like your birth number. Um, but anyone can get a NIF. So even if you're not a Portuguese citizen, you can get a NIF, because I think they're just happy to have people who might be paying taxes in Portugal to get this number, and then Am i even
0: 100%. I think maybe you're right that it's a tax no, number,
1: yeah, it is. Because a lot of times you have to give it at like grocery stores and things, not all the time, but I think it's just sort of do. like
0: your identification number, yeah. The country. But so I don't for, know if it's directly it's, tied to taxes, it's, but it's,
1: it's a I lot. I know that
0: you have to use it when you pay yeah, taxes,
1: it's a lot so. tied to taxes from sure. my research, but anyway, sure, sure, sure. So you have to get a NIF and you have to get a Portuguese bank account and so we looked this up we heard from some folks who did this themselves they went into banks they went into things and we had a very short amount of time left in Portugal and so we're like we kind of need someone to help us do this and we found a service called border Mm -hmm. it's not uh, this wasn't a cheap service but we were just happy to have someone to help us do everything because anybody who knows when you're doing stuff in a foreign country in a foreign language it can be very cumbersome Um, and also it's not like wildly expensive but They helped us through the process all through email.
0: It was phenomenal. Like, cannot recommend enough. It was worth every penny because everything was so well organized. It was, for for starting a process that is very, you, you kind of feel like you're getting dropped in the deep end, it was very, like, Here's what you do next. Yeah. Here's what you do next. Um, the only snafu that we ran into in the process was that they asked for a couple of like proof of address, proof of name things, and um, my passport has my my beginning middle or my first name, my middle name, and my last name on it. But my our bank statements only had my first and last name, yeah. and they need it to match exactly. So that was a little bit of a roadblock where we had to we actually had to open an account. Life with,
1: hack: We opened up a WISE account, which is actually helpful to have yeah. in Europe when you have a U.S. bank account as well. And we just
0: opened it using my first, middle, and last name. And, and it was,
1: was immediate. So yeah. as soon as it was done, I could print off a, a like PDF statement and,
0: and ship it to so them. So that was perfect and I commend you for that quick thinking yeah. on your feet. And so anyway, they made the whole process amazing. I did just, in case anyone's curious, it took us three days to get our NIF, very which fast. was very fast. And then it took us about a month start to finish to get the bank account open.
1: And just uh, as a reminder, we didn't have to go into any Didn't physical yeah, it was place all, virtual. all online the, the only, only physical thing we had to do was for the bank account setup we had to print off the documents and then when we were on a zoom call she watched us someone watched us sign a lawyer watched us sign the documents and she was so helpful to walk us through everywhere we needed to sign and fill out um, but that was it then we just had to ship that off
0: exactly so it, you do then yeah. have to go physically to a post office and ship the documents yeah So we recommend
1: the post office in downtown Leicester. Uh, (laughs) It worked out well for us.
0: (laughs) United Kingdom. Um, That was great. So that was the beginning. So got the NIF, got the bank account. Then during this whole time, so this is now September. So and we're during this time where we're doing, we're getting those steps together and we're also getting the rental agreement signed. We are also doing a few things. Number one, we're having lots of calls three calls, I think, with different people to ask them questions about the application process. So we're researching the application at this point. There are inevitable questions that pop up we had different, like, as Jason said at the beginning of this episode, we had different people's experience. Um, one is from a couple who like their full-time thing is helping people do the application process. They're called
1: expats everywhere. If you want to check them out, I'll leave a note because I think, or I'll leave a link in the description to their YouTube channel because their videos have been some of the most helpful for us because they're very similar to our circumstance as well, which really helped us see like, Oh, okay. Like you were coming from Florida. You were coming, you know, it's like, that was helpful for us. And you know, We lived in California before this, but we paid taxes in Florida for a long time. And because we don't have a home anymore, Florida was our place, which we'll get into more of that in a second.
0: Yep. And then we had another call with just a friend who had just been approved. And so that was much more of like just from the perspective of someone who doesn't, who just like is navigating it just like us, which was really helpful. And then we had, um, a lawyer as well. So then that was more of, they, they actually handled doing the process for people. So we didn't hire them, but we just paid for their time to ask questions. So these were all helpful. And again, I think like investing a little bit upfront and paying, you know, for someone's time for an hour is worth it to help you avoid the headaches of. Especially as we were traveling, we just needed to not have any roadblocks.
1: Yeah. And I think uh, I'm going to kind of like breeze through these next two points, but our situation was just a little bit different because we are traveling full time. We don't have a home stay anywhere in the U.S. So when we were talking to, especially like the lawyer who else, we were like, like, do we have to go back to the U.S. to do this? And she was like, well, and that's where we kind of learned about the, like you could submit your fingerprints at the embassy, but it would take four months. But if you go back to the U.S., it's faster, and, you know, and all these things. So if you're in the U.S. and you're thinking about doing this, your life's going to be so much easier because right. you just do the things, submit them, whether you're doing it in San Francisco, D.C., or New York, and you're going to follow the steps and it's not going to be difficult. For us, we had to figure out, okay, we have to come back, but then we can't stay in the U.S. because of tax purposes for too long. And then,
0: Right, because then you would think, okay, well, just come back and kind of just wait until you get approved and then you can go be in Portugal. Well, for two reasons, number one being the tax thing that we can't be in the States for too long. There's
1: Just very quickly, for those of you who really care, there's a foreign income exclusion tax, which the U.S. gives you on your federal taxes. And again, this is not tax advice, please talk to your CPA. But if you're out of the country for more than 330 days you don't pay federal income taxes essentially
0: which you can imagine being doing a full year of travel you've we've come all this way (laughs) like it would really be not fun to be and we didn't even
1: know this existed like our cpa told us because he was like well how long are you going to be gone we're like oh the year but we might come back for like a month he's like "Well, hold on like like here's this thing we're like oh okay well now we need to like figure out yeah so
0: so that was a little bit of a limitation because then you can't just wait here to be approved Um, And on top of that, as you know, we started our rental agreement in November and we don't want it to just sit empty. So long story short, this was a big puzzle we had to figure out. It really was. It took three days. We're in Leicester. We're like, well, oh, we
1: had so many
0: lists of options. We were like, okay, that plan works for this reason, but doesn't (laughs) work for this reason. What if we get approved? All these things. So we finally figure out this massive puzzle, which did result in having to come back twice, basically. To the U S to the U S once to submit the application, which is, this is our first trip here. Then, We're going to go back, as you know, to be in our place on tourist visa time. Then when our tourist visa runs out, we'll come back. (laughs) And that is also because hopefully we'll be approved and we have to mail in our passports to get it stamped with the visa. Yes,
1: which is an important part. So, yeah, there there are actually two ways you can do that when you submit the application. If you're just in the U.S. and you're not planning on traveling, you can just submit your passport with your application and then you just wait because it'll take 30 to 90 days to get approved and they'll send your passport back. For us, people who are traveling, we need our passports with us, so we had to send a notarized copy, which they accept, but like you said, we do have to come back to the U.S. so that we can then mail our passports in. You know, technically, could we have mailed them from the embassy in Portugal if we wanted to? Yes, there is a way to do that. But also, it's very hairy because they really don't like you mailing your passports because if they get lost, it's a huge thing not to do. So, yeah. anyway. Uh,
0: so, there, was, there were many conversations. There were many frustrations. <laughs> there were many f- trying to figure out this big puzzle. But I think we navigated it really well. And I think we always, when we're trying to do stuff like that, we always just come back to the name of this podcast, what is it all for? Yeah. And so when you're in the midst of stress, reminding yourself, what is the bigger picture that I'm working towards here? Why am I jumping through all these hoops? And it's to live in this beautiful place and to have this adventure and to have this exciting new chapter unfold in a new country, which we're very excited about. So that helped us get through that kind of tough part. And then it was a matter of booking all the travel once we had the puzzle pieces in place. Oh my gosh, yeah. And then that was about the time that we got the bank account secured. We got the rental agreement secured. So then it was like time to start putting together the application, which we'll get into now. If you're curious of like, what goes into this application? Yeah. and
1: So the first thing is you need to know where your application is being submitted and what you have to do. So there are three offices. Depending on where you live, you have to choose one of these offices. So had we been living in Southern California, we would have had to... Go
0: through the San Francisco office. Through
1: the San Francisco office where you have to actually go in person. You have to set an appointment. You have to meet with a person. And from what we hear, it's not like that bad. It's just it's a pain if you don't live in San Francisco. You have to get there. You have to bring all your stuff, everything. Um, if you live kind of in the, the Southern east of the U S your jurisdiction, your office is DC. So, but the good thing about DC is you can mail in your application. You don't have to actually go and do an appointment, which was
0: just extremely lucky on our part because that gave us so much added flexibility because before when we thought we had to do in person, trying to pick a date, not knowing what we were going to have to do on the ground, not knowing how long our FBI background check would take to come back. There's this mail in aspect to it. It was so just the timeline was really tricky so the mail-in aspect was so much flexibility because we just said, okay, as soon as we get the FBI background check in the mail, we can mail in the application. Yeah, and
1: so the great part for us was that coming back to DC, being in my grandparents' place, we could put the entire application together, literally have it ready, and if the background check didn't come, we could just have the envelope sitting there for my grandparents to slip the background check into, seal up, and drop off at a FedEx place.
0: We ended up not having to use that option, but it was great that we had it as a backup.
1: Yeah, and then the third location is New York. So San Francisco, DC, or New York, or and yeah, And you can look this up on the um, Portuguese visa uh, website. They'll tell you which one you have to go to and what you have to do. So anyway...
0: VFS Global, right? Yeah, I'll
1: leave a link in the show notes for that as well. Um, Somehow I'm going to remember all these links in the show notes. Now let's talk about the application itself because we knew where we were going to be submitting it. We had done all the research, and by we I mean you, of all the things that we had to put into the actual application itself because it's not just one form. It's a Mm -hmm. lot of other things Mm -hmm. that go into it. So And
0: again, these things might change. And also, keep in mind, we haven't been approved, so if we did it totally wrong, but they list it out on the VFS website. And if you're investing
1: in cryptocurrency, please don't sue us if it goes down.
0: (laughs) So first and foremost, you need the application itself. So this is just like a form that you can download. We got a little bit of mixed reviews on... um, whether you needed to submit it in Portuguese or English. So what we did was the one that they have on their website is the English version. Yes. So we downloaded that. We filled that out. Um, when we bank.
1: talked to the lawyer, the lawyer said they appreciate if you include the Portuguese, the Portuguese one. version. And so we're like, listen, if we're applying for a very important document, let's do, do anything do we can. Anything
0: they would appreciate. They would appreciate. So what we did was we did the English version. We also downloaded the Portuguese. It's three
1: pages, by the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah It's, it's not a three page
0: application. Um, it. Some of the, Things are kind of tricky. I did find a, if you Google, like, how to fill out application, because there were a few things I wasn't sure about. And I found a Facebook video of a guy going line by line through the application. Specifically, I think it was for Nigerian students who were applying. Mm. But he went through a lot of the things that I was curious about. So that was really helpful. So if you want to Google that, that'll be helpful. Yeah. Um, We also needed passport photos.
1: Yep. So, yeah, they're technically not... Passport photos because they're the residency card exactly, photos. But like, yeah, but the, you go and you get passport photos taken at a CVS, a Walgreens, a UPS store, or wherever, and then you trimmed them down because they're actually a different size in Europe.
0: Yeah, that's Thankfully, tricky. Thankfully,
1: my grandparents had a ruler that was in millimeters. Yeah,
0: they, they asked for the Portuguese size, so I had to trim them. But we were able to do that at the UPS store with, we'll, we'll go through our UPS uh, <laughs> win. Yeah. Victory. Victory, but a lot of this we were able to do the at the UPS store, store. really
1: quickly. Uh, Is a
0: sponsor. <laughs> no, is in
1: Breath of the Wild when you end up at the little horse stables where you can buy a bunch of different supplies. That's the UPS store. That's the UPS store because it's all right there. There we go. Coming back. And the sub-boss is called?
0: The Savage Lionel. Nice. Thanks.
1: Congratulations.
0: Um... Then
1: Notarized <laughs> copy of our passport okay, because so we were not going to ship our passports in.
0: That's right. So then you also – you could include your passport, but we were traveling. So we did a notarized copy, and they have a notary at the UPS store, so we got those done there as well. Again, the
1: horse stable. So many other things.
0: And then – a personal statement. So in this statement is basically just a word doc where you're saying, excuse you,
1: it is not a word. A doc. Google doc. Please don't say that.
0: It's a Google doc <laughs> that we've made, but it's just basically like, why do you want to move to Portugal? Um, how do you plan to support yourself while you're there? Um, we also included, we included a couple of friends that we knew that live yeah. in Portugal just to show that we have ties to the community. Um, our, our goal to learn the language, things like that. Um, and that's just one page. Yep. It was like three paragraphs. Yep. Not going overboard there. Um, then you need to submit insurance information. So we had we have travel insurance. They want to just make sure that you are covered for should anything happen. Honestly,
1: what for my research, the thing that was most important was the repatriation. So right. it's if you for, for some reason were to pass while you're in Portugal, that your insurance would cover sending your remains back to your exactly. home country, which is a very weird thing. But also, I could see why that country like we don't want to pay for your dead body. That's
0: just the truth. That's the truth. Um, Then there's a form that is just called the request for criminal record inquiry by the Immigration and Border Services, and it's a one-page form that you can find that I believe just gives them permission to do kind of their their own background check on on you
1: in Portugal, which won't exist. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Okay. So then the big one is you need an FBI background check, a very specific one. Um, This
1: this sounds scary. It sounds like you're going to have to like go into an FBI office. They're going to slap on the gloves. You're going to go into a glass room. that You can't see through the glass. Is that opaque or transparent? I can never remember. And uh, it's going to be like two hours of misery. But what in fact is, is it? you go into a UPS store, you scan your fingerprints on a digital scanner, you submit a couple boxes, and then literally like 30 minutes later, you get a piece of one page emailed to you. I thought... When someone says FBI background check, I just need everyone to know. You were if anyone's with me.
0: You were picturing someone in a trench coat shows up with like a Manila like folio. But
1: it's thick. Like that's a th- right. it's a thick boy results of my entire life, forty mm-hmm. years. Every single thing I've ever done. The tattoo parlor. The tattoo, parlor, che- the the tattoo che- parlor. I got my tattoo when I was seventeen. The
0: time you cheated in fourth grade. The
1: Wendy's frosty that I threw at a mailbox when I was fourteen you and a jerk. That? I mean, obviously, I didn't get caught for it, but I know the FBI knew.
0: I hope you felt guilty. I
1: still feel guilty. It's why I don't eat Wendy's <laughs> Frosties. I thought it was all of these things. Everybody, it is not. It is <laughs> one piece of paper that says, Jason has not committed a crime. That's it. It was
0: so disappointed. I was like, oh. I thought I was going to get some more deets. Some more deets on <laughs> myself. I've had myself. a lot of
1: speeding tickets. At least write those down. But say I'm a good person now because I haven't done them in a while. Anyway, it's one page. And then they send you in the mail You're, a sealed copy yes, as well. So
0: the tricky part is Jason's referring to, they email you the copy where you can see it. But, but they mail you the enveloped copy. Yeah. And the whole thing is you don't open the envelope because yeah. if you do, you have to get it, like, apostilled, a-postilled whatever. I don't know. yeah so anyway don't open the envelope don't, so do you not just open get it. it in the mail and you put it in the application i picture someone
1: listening to this as they've gone through this whole process and they're about to tear the fedex envelope open they're like oh no <laughs> it's just one person exactly that,
0: yeah. um so but that was the the thing we used a i do want to say we used a service called print scan
1: oh yeah i found this service that made it really easy and i i don't know if it like I don't know if there's a better way to do it, but this is the one that I found that's made it so simple. So
0: go, you can definitely check out information on print scan and they'll tell you the locations where you can do this. Maybe
1: what I'll do is instead of all these different links, maybe there's a way we can just take the notion page that you put together with all of our to-do list.
0: Then I have to clean it up. It's like,
1: well, we'll fight about this after the podcast. Okay. We'll fight about this after the
0: podcast. (laughs) It'd be Um, really
1: helpful for folks though. I
0: understand. And I want to be helpful. And there are
1: three people who are listening to this that might be interested in it. You might
0: be able to convince me to do that after our our appointment today. Um, then proof of accommodation
1: is the next
0: so the proof of accommodation so we just included our rental agreement which was great because we had a rental agreement and
1: for those those of you who might be thinking like oh well, what if i don't have a rental agreement can i still uh, you know send my visa application in you can but you do have to book something for up to 12 months so you have to have something that is showing in good faith i do think
0: some people have shown just three to four months of That's not what I
1: heard, but again, this is why you don't go off of just our advice. You can look more (laughs) into this.
0: We're not even sure between ourselves. The
1: goal for this is because Portugal wants to see that you're serious about coming and staying somewhere. So you, like, already are planning on on staying somewhere. Right. It's not just you're going to show up and figure it out. And figure it out. Because, again, that puts a burden on the economy and things like that. They want to know, hey, you're taking the time to invest in this and do it.
0: Right. So that was great because we already had the rental agreement. So then... They call it your proof of subsistence. So this is what Jason was referring to of proving that you have at least enough money to cover like a year's salary. I think it's either one year of their kind of minimum wage for one person, or one point five times if you're um, a couple. A, a couple. And then if
1: you have kids, it's like point three for every kid.
0: Right. So yeah. that amount of money. So you kind of have to show that you have so that. So just
1: to give you numbers, because those that sounds really silly. It's basically nine thousand dollars a year for, for one a person. For one, person, for one person, it's $13,000 for, a, for a year for a couple. And that's, again, covering the minimum wage income that you would earn in Portugal. And you have that in a bank account, a Portuguese bank account, not your bank account, so that they can see that it's there, you can have access to it, and it can cover you.
0: Great. So because we had our Portuguese bank account from the first part of the process, we were able to transfer money and show that. And then on top of that, because we're applying for the D7 visa, we also want to show that we have personal income ongoing. So we did some bank statements of um, our accounts that we have, our business accounts. We also showed what our ongoing business income is, recurring income. And then just for good measure, we also put in our previous year's tax returns so well, they can verify.
1: Also, we put in our investment accounts, our savings accounts, right. our life insurance accounts. So, again, like just thinking about this from the Portuguese government standpoint, they don't want you to be a burden on the economy. They don't want you to take jobs from Portuguese people. So the more assets you can show, the better off you are having a chance of doing this. We just
0: threw everything at it. We yeah. just were like, And when we
1: talk to the lawyer who, again, like helps people do this – Basically, when we told her that we had X amount of money in savings, which is not like an astronomical amount, she was like, "You'll be fine." Like that—that's all they care about. But we just wanted to make sure. Like, we're only going to do this visa process once. Like, let's show them everything we have.
0: Then this is also not uh, mandatory, but we did also show our flight to back to um, Portugal.
1: Yeah, we've heard mixed reviews on this. I still don't think this was necessary, and I'm just—I'm just saying this for someone who might be like, "Oh, do I have to do this?" I don't think it's absolutely necessary, but we did do it because we already had the flight booked.
0: And we have heard that some people say, depending on when you book your flight for, this is can also act as sort of like a deadline for them. Like they, you know, if you want to try to get it in under 60 days, book a flight that's at the end of those 60 days. And that way, someone who's processing your application goes, hey... I should probably get this in before that person has to go on a flight. Right. But don't do it like in three weeks from when you submit your application because that's just going to be...
1: Unless you're risky and want to get the biscuit. Jason
0: was trying to do that. And I was like, <laughs> don't do that to them. I
1: was like, let's put a little pressure on this government system. That'll be fun. I also
0: don't think this was mandatory, but we also included our marriage certificate because we applied separately. But then we just mentioned each other in our personal statement. Yeah. And so his and that... name was all over mine. Mine was all over his. And so then I just included our And it
1: wasn't a certif- certified copy or anything. It was just a print. Printed copy. copy. Totally fine. It Um, also helped me to remember uh, how to spell my biological last name because I only had it for a short amount of time and I forget what it is. Great job.
0: And then finally, you do have to include money orders, which is a thing I had never filled out before in my life.
1: Yeah. These are really silly. We
0: just had to go to a post office and get three money orders for each of us. And so they're they have them listed as under the fees on the VFS Global website, but there's various fees. So you have like one for the processing fee, one for the application fee, and then one for the courier fee.
1: Yeah, which is basically FedExing it back to your address. Yep.
0: So, so. That,
1: that is every single piece of paper that we filled out, printed, set up, downloaded, got put into an envelope.
0: We did include tabs. We did include and little a labeled tabs. You did
1: create a table of contents. You didn't mention that, but we really went extra. Uh, and they're either going to love us for it or they're going to hate I us for it. I just thought
0: anything I can do to make this more organized for a person, I'm going to try to do.
1: Imagine we get an email back and they say this has been rejected because you put sticky tabs on it. What <laughs> would you feel in that process?
0: I would go drink my airplane wine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Siphon it out of the, the sink. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think... With any of these big, huge kind of like life changes, with like especially a lot of paperwork and bureaucracy type things, it can really get you down throughout the process of like the excitement of the actual thing you're doing this for. Yes. And I think for us along the way, you know, like we said, we've been working on this. Are you leaving? (laughs) I'm just really getting up. (laughs) My Um, back hurts. We've been working on this since August. And so it's, as of recording this, it's the last day of October. It's, it's been a lot of work. It's not like we've worked on it every single day, but there's just a lot of research, a lot of things, and, and it kind of does bog you down a little, but I can tell you that, that last, as boring as it was to watch you fill out all this paperwork, because I wasn't going to fill it out and mess it up, but I did watch you do it all, as awesome as it was to watch you slide that last bit of paper in, seal up that envelope, tape our shipping labels to it, and then drop it off at the FedEx store to be shipped... That felt great. And I don't yeah. know if we're going to be approved. <laughs> but it did feel really good to finally like chip like chip away at that part of this process and know that that's done.
0: Yeah, and honestly, again, we don't know if we've been approved. I expected a lot more um, roadblocks in this last Well, part. let's knock on
1: some. Well, gee, your heavens, Carolyn. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. But um by the time cuz I think we did put so much preparation into it, um, by the time and then by the time we got to the UPS store where we did the background check, the notarized copies, the passport photos like we finished all of that and then we had already done the previous work leading up to it. So it just it really that that week of putting the application together, um, I think went so smoothly because, we had done research. I was picturing us running around town tr- trying yeah, to... Yeah, the
1: UPS store was really a, a saving grace because, again, there's a notary there. It's
0: not sponsored by UPS. <laughs>
1: there's a passport photo thing. There's the print scan to do the FBI background check. Like, we were able to do so much in one spot, and we had such a helpful person who also realized we printed like my grandparents printer which was a new printer not an old printer which you would expect uh it scaled the page up so there wasn't room for his notary stuff so he was like oh just email me the pdf i'll reprint this page like it was just so helpful to be at a place where you could get those things done so so to
0: wrap up that's the process that is the process you're curious um now we wait Now we wait. We will get an email.
1: At some point. At
0: some point saying we've been approved. Then we will come back to the U.S. We will mail in our passports. They will stamp it. We will fly back. We will have our appointment on the other side to make it official. Yeah. And that's the process. Um, Let's wrap up here with just like your overall feeling about... Well,
1: I kind of just shared mine. So go ahead. Oh, that was your feeling about the process.
0: But how do you feel now that we've submitted it about have your feelings changed about moving to Portugal and like does it feel real?
1: Um I mean honestly it felt real when we signed the lease because to me that was like even if we don't get approved for the visa mm-hmm. we're still going to live there for 3 months at a time with mm-hmm. a break in between and so the I had already my brain is already like we're going to live there yes. it's just a matter of are we going to live there full time or are we going to live there in 3 month chunks? Yes. chunks and I I think As we're sitting here in D.C., we finished the application, we basically have like a week and a half until we're going to be sitting in our new place, our new home in Portugal. I'm so excited to get there. Mm -hmm. But I almost, I can't like fully fully enjoy it because we just have logistics before that Mm -hmm. of travel and things and other stuff. Um, So it's hard for my brain to like, really look forward to that mm-hmm. and I think also 10 months of full-time travel you very much live in the moment not mm-hmm. just to enjoy it but also because you're like you oh to. yeah I've got to like pack up all my stuff here I got to think about like getting us to this place and this place and getting on this flight yeah like things. your
0: your time horizon that you're thinking in is quite frankly a week at a time exactly the, for an entire year yeah it's a week at a time yeah um and so and even if you're planning travel for three months away you're not thinking about it until a week at a time so that's exciting I um, Please act, tell us
1: about how you're feeling. My feelings,
0: yeah. I would love to. Thank you for asking. Uh, I am so grateful, actually, that the visa process takes a couple of months because it has allowed me to process such a big decision. And I remember how I felt August when we actually decided I felt totally surreal and kind of like, am I making like A little I, bit blindsided. I knew, I knew it was right in my heart because I wouldn't have chosen it if it wasn't. But I definitely felt this sort of like, oh no, I just hopped on a roller coaster and I don't know if I want to be on it. (laughs) Um, And it was, I just hadn't processed it yet. I think anyone can relate to that of like when something big happens in your life, you need a little bit of time for it to sink in. And then the process of putting this application together has just allowed it to really sink in for me to really get excited. And now we're just like a week and a half out from being in our place with the application submitted. And I just feel as excited as ever. And I'm thinking no longer in one week increments. I am so excited for what it feels like to think at like a quarter, six months at a time. Like, wow, what is so exciting. And so now I'm just excited. Like, I really am just excited. I know we're going to have difficulties. Of course. But I, the fear... And the uncertainty has gone down in my mind so significantly. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, we will keep you posted. Uh, Excited that the next episode that we record will probably be from our new home, I think.
0: I think so, too. I
1: think it will, just because we've got a weird uh, week of travel coming up. You've got a girlfriend's trip that's going on. We then are going to fly to, like, three different places to then get back over to Europe. Um,
0: Everybody put out good vibes (laughs) for my eight-hour Overnight flight? Yeah. That'll be the real... I think real... it's actually
1: seven hours from where we're going. because well, that's, we're, that's we're, great. We're actually flying... If For those of you who stick around this long, you care about these end, end bits. We're actually flying from Boston
0: right.
1: to Lisbon. And we, we chose that specifically because it was... The shortest. One hour shorter even from Dulles to fly. Yeah. Um, and so it was easier like, well, we'll just take the domestic flight here, spend that time, spend a night at a hotel, then fly the next day and do the long, longer leg as short as possible. Yeah. Um, especially because it's overnight. So...
0: So, uh, that'll be my... What's the next boss? Not the sub-boss, the boss-boss.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's different colors of Savage Lionel that get much harder. Okay, but
0: what's the boss-boss?
1: Uh... Well, you said it was
0: a sub-boss.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I mean, the Savage Lionel is everything. I mean, it's definitely the little, um, he's the guy that has, like, the vertical eye. I can't remember his name, but he gives you, he's like the He's like the boss boss at the end. Like You, you can't beat remember him. his
0: name after all that? No,
1: because you, you only fight him one time. You fight a Savage Lionel, like, 50 times.
0: Okay, what's a different Lionel, a beggar Lionel? Oh,
1: the Golden Lionel is the tough okay, one. Okay, so yeah. this
0: flight back will be the Golden The So Silver
1: Lionel. was the easy one, and the Golden Lionel is going to be the tough one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll see how you do. You do have all of your weapons with disposal. All my weapons. And you can smuggle in some wine if you find any. <laughs>
0: Guys, you do have your smuggled
1: hey, deodorant, so that's good.
0: Nobody report me to the... I don't even know what authority that would be. I bet, I would bet be. if
1: I opened up your background check, it would it already would be on that, there. It
0: imagine would my FBI background <laughs> check, like, immediately three days after, it just says, once smuggled, a singular <laughs> wine on your flight.
1: Four ounces of Didn't wine. Didn't
0: even drink it, but was <laughs> contraband.
1: Uh, all right, everybody. We really hope you enjoyed this extremely nitty-gritty episode on the visa application process and moving if to Portugal. If you found it
0: interesting, I would love an email. Because yeah,
1: that would definitely give some e- reassurance. I just,
0: I worry with some of these very specific, but I don't know. Some people find it interesting. So if you found it interesting, please email us, hello, at wanderingainfully.com. And if you didn't find it interesting, but you like the podcast, still email us.
1: And if you listen to this and you either live in Portugal now or you're moving to Portugal, definitely reach out because we'd love to meet you. Uh, We're going to have no friends. So we'd love to find (laughs) some friends. starting from scratch. But we are going to do a background check on you. So we're (laughs) going to have to find find out if you're a wine smuggler too, (laughs) which means we will hang out with you. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.